Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in the Gospel of Luke. We're in the first chapter, and we're talking about the covenant relationship that uh, the Scripture describes uh, concerning Zacharias and Elizabeth, and also uh, Mary and Joseph. Uh, primarily, we'll in this session be uh, speaking uh, concerning Zacharias and Elizabeth, and uh, just acknowledging the fact that there is a covenant that we have with Almighty God. And He's the power of God in that covenant. And that makes us powerful living beings, worshipers of God, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to study uh, the roots, the very beginnings uh, of the gospel record of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. In Jesus' name, but uh, before we begin, let's pray. Father, we bless you today. We praise you today. We magnify and glorify your name today. Give us wisdom and revelation, Lord, and the knowledge of, of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll give you praise for it. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, the whole fabric of Scripture is about the coming of Christ, the first and the second advent of him will be looking into looking into the first advent. But now wrapped around the coming of Christ is God's covenant, the covenant that he made with men going all the way back to the very beginnings, uh, moving forward uh, to the covenant that God cut with Abraham. And we're going to see how that that covenant becomes real uh, in this gospel record of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, we have to acknowledge the fact that the gospel record, the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they form the matrix between the Old and the New Testament and how the New Testament brings the fulfillment of uh, the redemption of man through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But here talking about Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth, uh, these are, are people that God deals with that were encompassed with the nature of sin, but uh, the nature of sin was so weakened in their heart and life through their adherence to and their attachment to uh, the covenant that uh, that God gave to their father, Abraham, many, many, many years before. And so uh, we have to understand that it's the nature of sin that weakens men. And if we can understand that and we can understand the fact that uh, we're not uh, at that point and, and we are in that point spirit and we should be in that point in the soul. But we haven't made that point yet in our bodies that there's always going to have to be uh, sin that we have to reckon with. There's always an enemy, the devil, and there's always an enemy, you know, working through our flesh to do that, which is in opposition uh, to the will of the father. But we find two people in Zacharias and Elizabeth that were holy men and holy women of God, but holy men and women of God under the auspices of the old covenant. And so uh, we're so thankful today that uh, that God did not give up, that God did not give up on the human race. It's always been God's intervention into the lives of men that uh, and if it had not been for that, then then we would have been lost through all eternity. You know, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter two, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that now works in the, in the children of disobedience, among whom also you formerly lived in the lusts of the flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ, because it's by grace that we have been saved. So uh, that is a tremendous promise for us today and for every human being. Amen. Those within the sound of my voice, you, you may never have made Jesus Christ Savior and Lord. You may have been a church member, but you've never really received new birth. The time is now. Now is the time for you to do that. Because you're in the same spiritual condition of other sinners. I don't care how long you've been a church member. I don't care if you've been baptized in water. I don't care if you read your Bible and you pray. I don't care if you're even a minister. If you have not been born again, you cannot get into the kingdom of God. That's just it. And so we see here the spiritual condition of Zacharias and Elizabeth and also Mary and Joseph, that uh, these were men and women of the covenant. And they entered that covenant through their father, Abraham. They were saved by faith according to observing the law of God. All the demands of the covenant they were observing. And because of that, they were recipients of the blessings of the covenant that God had cut with Abraham. And not just Abraham. We're talking about the covenant that God cut with Moses and the children of Israel, uh, the covenant that God cut with David the king. Now think about this now. That there had not been a king, an actual king of Israel on the throne in Israel for over 600 years until we have the record of Zacharias. And part of the covenant that God cut with David was that there would never fail a son of his to sit on the throne of Israel. But yet because of the rebellion of the nation of Israel, that covenant was put on halt. But now we're getting ready to see the new king. He will fulfill. God will fulfill uh, the covenant that he made with David by establishing Jesus Christ as the king of Israel. And that's exciting. So men are in darkness, but there's a new dawn coming and it's beginning to break. And in the lives of Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph, we see that this new dawn begins to break. What an absolute blessing that these four individuals, just ordinary individuals, they're going to be a part of this great new dawn. And in their lives, they're actually going to become world changers. And that is just so exciting. So let's go ahead and get right into the Word of God. Amen. Now, we're going to be talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth in this session concerning the covenant. And we'll be in Luke chapter 1. Beginning in verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. Now, the word Abijah, the name Abijah, uh, can be broken down in Hebrew to mean Abba, Yah. Yah being the acrostic of Jehovah, Abba being a term of endearment towards Father. Actually, Abijah means uh, my God, Daddy. 
Daddy is my father. Daddy God is my father. That's actually how we could say that. Uh, <clears throat> and notice it says here, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, Zacharias, his name means the Lord remembers. Elizabeth's name means oath or God remembers his oath. Now, that's significant. And we'll see this as we go along. And verse six tells us they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. So let's remember Zacharias, his name means the Lord remembers and Elizabeth's name means oath or oath of God or God remembers his oath. Amen. So verse six tells us they were both righteous in the sight of God. They were walking blamelessly before the Lord, according to the covenant of Moses. And verse seven tells us that they had no child. And the reason they had no child is because Elizabeth was barren and they both were advanced in years. So they have lived long beyond the time where they could if they were able to father and to bear children. So they were at such an age that uh, that reality had long since passed away. Now, verses 8 through 10 says this. Now, it came about while Zacharias was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. So Luke describes that uh, Zacharias was serving in the order of his course. Well, that was established years ago by King David. In First Chronicles chapter 24, he gave the divisions of the priests, and he did that so that all the priesthood could be involved in the offerings and in the worship of Almighty God. And Abijah, which was the grandson of Aaron, was the in the eighth order. So this is where Zacharias was a priest. He was priest of the order of Abijah. And it just so happened that Zacharias was chosen by Lot. In other words, they picked and choose. And the Lot fell upon Zacharias. And he was the one that was going to enter into the holy place to burn incense before the Lord. And this is very significant here because in Exodus chapter 30, verses 7 and 8, it says, And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on this altar. He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. And when Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. There shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. So here's Zacharias. His name mean, means God remembers. He's serving at the altar of incense in the holy place. And the altar of incense speaks to us of the place of prayer and how that that light, the lamps were not to go out, which means that prayer is never to go out. Like Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint or not to quit. Amen. So uh, prayer is so vitally important to the church. It's important to us individually. It's also important to us corporately by the church coming together in a corporate manner and praying for an individual or individuals. They have been supernaturally delivered. 
And so it's so important for us as individuals and as churches to be about the ministry of prayer. So here's Zacharias. He's offering prayers for the nation. And those prayers are heard. But now his prayer for a son, we'll find out, is also heard. But in his lifetime up to this point, that prayer had not been answered. And Zacharias, he accepted the fact that he is without children. And he continued to serve the Lord blamelessly. He did not curse God and die. He did not get angry at the Lord. He accepted this as part of life. The most important part of his life was serving God with holiness and righteousness all the days of his life. And he did not charge God foolishly. And that's very important. And neither did Elizabeth. So here we are now we're in Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 11. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him and fear gripped him. You know, we wonder how many angels are in our presence during our offering of prayer at an altar. We could call it at an altar of incense. Wonder how many angels are present Well, there's one here, so there's at least one when we pray. God has a message for us if we'll just be careful to listen. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. Now, we'll get back to that in just a moment. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will drink no wine or liquor and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient of the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So here we are, verses 11 through 14. Zacharias, he's prayed. He's prayed for a son all of his married life. And now here he is at old age and he gets a supernatural. He receives a supernatural visitation from Gabriel telling him his prayer has been answered. The angel said this, your prayer was heard. Now, when was this prayer prayed? We don't know. How long has it been since Zacharias quit praying for a son? Probably many years because he's an old man past the time for him to father a child. And here's the key. God moves through his covenant. He moves with his covenant through men. He moved through Abraham. He moved through Moses. He moved through David. And now he's moving through Zacharias. And all of this is in behalf of his plan and his purpose. And that plan and purpose to redeem men from death and hell. Hallelujah. Amen. So in behalf of all those that keep his covenant, the Lord God said to this in the very beginning, way back when the law was being given back in Deuteronomy chapter eight, chapter 28, rather that he would bless the fruit of the body if they obeyed his commandments. Well, here's Elizabeth. She's lived her entire life in barren. She's not had any children. 
But that doesn't neglect or negate the promise in the covenant that God will bless the fruit of her body. And this is what is about to happen after all of these years. So, you know, what that tells me never give up hope, never give up expectation. You may have prayed a prayer for years and years and years, maybe for your children, maybe your grandchildren. Listen, they're blessed because you're walking in the ways of the Lord. Understand that the covenant that has that you have accepted and entered into through the blood of Jesus also affects your family. And understand also that Peter wrote this. He said, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. God's eyes are upon you. His ears are open to your prayers. He remembered Zacharias. He remembered his prayers. He remembered this, to this very point in time. No wonder Zacharias' name is the Lord remembers. Praise God. Hallelujah. And in 15, verses 15 through 17, he talks about, uh, the angel talks about who this son is going to be, that his name is going to be John. And he describes in this way, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord and he'll drink no wine or liquor. In other words, he'll be a Nazarite. And he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedience of the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, prepared for the Messiah who is to come. His name is Jesus. This is the one that John's going to preach. So John became a great prophet. Zacharias, his diligence, continuing in the things of God, enabled the covenant of God that he made with Abraham to work through him to produce the forerunner who is going to announce the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah. Now, let's read verses 18 and 20. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? Ha. So Zacharias had forgotten his prayers. He had settled down to the fact, well, you know what? God's not going to give me a son, so I'll just live on. Actually, you know what Zacharias was saying? He's saying something like that. Do you expect me to believe this? I, I'm, I'm putting words in Zacharias' mouth now. I prayed for years. I prayed for 50 years for the Lord to give me a son, and it, he never did. And now here I am, 20, 25 years, way past the time to father a son. And do you expect me to believe this? <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, here's Zacharias. He's talking not from the covenant. He's talking from the top of his own head. And uh, that is so true with many of us today. We pray and believe God for a miracle and it doesn't come and then we forget about it and all of a sudden God remembers our prayer. He, our prayer is heard. He answers that prayer and then when that miracle happens, we don't believe it. God doesn't work on our time schedule. He works according to His plan and according to His purpose. You and I, what we're charged with is to continue to believe and stand upon the promises of God. See, Zacharias' answer was a badge of doubt. 
God cannot and will not operate if we're in unbelief. He will not do it. He does not honor unbelief. He rewards those who believe in him and diligently seek him. So here in verses 19 and 20, Zacharias, he's struck dumb. He's not allowed to speak. And the fact that his speech was taken from him temporarily for a season was a sign to him that everything that Gabriel the angel said would come to pass. And it's true. Unbelief seeks after a sign. But now faith takes God at his word. And then verses 21 through 23 say, And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And it came about when the days of his priestly service were ended, then he went back home. And then verses 24 and 25 says, And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. See, right here, husband and wife acted upon the word that the angel gave. And she kept herself in conclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Amen. Now, Elizabeth, she was part of the priestly line of Aaron. And she was a blameless woman. She was a holy woman. She was an old mother in Israel, praise God. Hallelujah. She kept the covenant. She was a holy woman. She was blameless. She was a covenant woman. And she acknowledged the fact that God has looked upon her with favor and blessing. Those are covenant words, favor and blessing. And that she was going to be the mother of the prophet John who would prepare the way for the Messiah to come. Now, isn't that a similarity between Abraham and Zacharias? They were both old, past beyond child fathering age. They were both without a son. And they both fathered a son supernaturally because of God's covenant with them. What will God's covenant do for you, brother? What will, he, what will God's covenant do for you, sister? Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed. And both of these, Abraham and Zacharias, they blessed the world through the covenant that they made with Almighty God. Now, let's move on now. 39 through 45. Now, at this time, we're moving forward a little bit. We're still talking about Elizabeth and Zacharias. Now, at this time, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Remember what the angel said to Zacharias? That this baby will be filled with the Holy Ghost while he's still in the womb. Well, here it is right here. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, not just the baby, but, but Elizabeth herself. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed among women are you. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Oh, I'm telling you, that's awesome. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment 
of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. This we call this the song of Elizabeth. And also we understand that it's the first song in the New Testament. So here's Mary. She enters into Elizabeth's home and immediately the baby that is the, the infant John still in his mother's womb leaps for joy and is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Well, she's going to speak forth prophetically, but it's also to give her an understanding of what is taking place in the womb of Mary. Up to this point, Elizabeth had no idea what was going on in Mary. Mary, by coming to her, she understood by the Holy Ghost. And it isn't interesting how that when she was filled with the Holy Ghost, Elizabeth then began to cry out with a loud voice. And she said in verse 42, blessed are you among women and blessed be the fruit of your womb. These are covenant blessings. Covenant blessings. Amen. Declarations of covenant blessings over the womb of Mary. In verse 43, the mother of my Lord, the mother of God. Amen. Catholics, that is a, a popular phrase, the mother of God. Now, Elizabeth, by the Holy Spirit, knows. She knows. She knows without Mary telling her what happened in her womb, in Mary's womb. Elizabeth knows by the Holy Ghost. Revelation. The greatest thing that we can have when we're walking by faith is to have revelation. And that comes through prayer. That comes through studying the word of God. And notice what Elizabeth says, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her by the Lord. Amen. Speaking of Mary, confirming the fact of what God is doing in the womb of Mary. Now in 57, now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth and she brought forth her son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy towards her and they were rejoicing with her. And it came about that on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. And his mother answered and said, no, indeed, but his name shall be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who is called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows. His name is John. And they were all astonished. See, Elizabeth, she's a woman of the covenant. She's a woman of faith. Praise God. But now as soon as he, Zacharias, wrote on the tablet, his name is John, his tongue were loose and he alone was filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen to what happens. And at once, Zacharias' mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak and praise to God. And fear came on all those around him and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country. And all who heard them kept in mind saying, what then will this child turn out to be? And the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, a servant. Talking about the covenant of David, the one who is to come, Jesus Christ. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all those who hate us to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. God forgets nothing. The oath. See, the oath comes with a covenant. 
which he swore to Abraham, our father, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. Talking about the millennial reign of Christ and the nation of Israel. And you, child, shall be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, the Lord being the Messiah, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us. The path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more until the noonday. Hallelujah. We're talking about Jesus here to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the ways of peace. See, that's why the angels announced that to all of the world, goodwill towards men, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Praise God. So we see here the fulfilling of God's covenant that he spoke to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 22. Amen. What a tremendous passage of scripture concerning our covenant that we have. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they believed in the Lord. Amen. And God fulfilled their covenant through uh, through Abraham to them and bringing them forth a son who would be the uh, the forerunner of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love the way that the Holy Spirit involved in everything that they had done. Praise God. What a tremendous lesson for us today. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus and we give you praise in your name. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.